Hello and welcome to the Starting a Counseling Practice podcast. Kelly Higdon and I, Miranda Palmer, will be talking today about things that you must do right now for every client on your caseload, whether they have declined telehealth, whether they've said they want to take a break for a couple of weeks. There are some really important things that we're seeing therapists are skipping and not doing right now that put their clients at risk and also put their clinical services at risk. So listen on, Kelly and I did a Facebook Live this morning, March 26th of 2020. Uh, Listen, share. We'll also be coming together this evening for an encore presentation of the meditation that we did for therapists in private practice right now. Um, doing a giveaway and doing a launch party for our business school boot camp for therapists. We hope that you can join us. Go to zinnime.com, uh, zinnime.com. You'll find everything there the podcast, um, the blog, and the uh, material for the launch party and uh, giveaway and meditation later. Hey, everybody, welcome. I know that you often don't see both of us um, here on live together, Uh, but we feel like this is a really important topic and we both have some things to say about it. And so we are here right now, figuring this all out with you together. This is our first time doing a Facebook Live. We're using um, a piece of software called BeLive, B-E-L-I-V-E dot TV for any of you who are wondering how to do that. And um, we will be um, popping it in over here. (sighs) I'm Miranda Palmer, if you don't know me. I'm a uh, marriage and family therapist in California. And I'm Kelly Higdon, Samesies, MFT in California. (laughs) One of the things that we were talking about earlier today that prompted us to get on here is, we are noticing that in the midst of this pandemic, <clears throat> there are things that are that clinicians are um, are doing that will impact their businesses long term and their clients long term. And one of the things we teach in boot camp is really about how your processes impact um, your clinical outcomes from beginning to end, and that termination in therapy begins at the very first conversation. And so we talk about all those processes and discharge processes, but then a pandemic came up and some (laughs) of those thoughts about business decisions and the impact on the clients kind of went out the window. And we know that this is a different time. None of, not none, but a lot of you never had any expectation that you would be doing telehealth. This is not what you wanted to do. This was not what the plan was. Mm -hmm. The plan was to sit across from your clients and do this great work. And so when the plan changed and you were thrown off course and your client was thrown off course and you start talking to them about telehealth and they say, oh my gosh, like, I, I, I don't want to do telehealth. You go, okay, no problem. And you know, like we'll, we'll keep it going as soon as all of this is over. 
Mm. Right. Because for a lot of us, we're in this panic mode, just right here, right now. And we heard this message that this is going to, you know, we have a, a stay at home or a shelter in place order for a couple of weeks. And then we can just go back to normal. But there's a problem with that. I think um, to end without a plan, especially especially during this time, <laughs> um, as plans are constantly changing, but <clears throat> to leave things without any kind of closure, any kind of um, kind of clinical follow through. And even though a client may choose to not do telehealth, that does not mean that we stop the process of closing or, you know, creating some sort of ending so that you know that the client is cared for, that there is a plan in place. Because if we're just saying, when this is over, we'll get back to it, what happens in that middle point? Because that gap for us in California, for example, was originally two weeks. And now with the way people are talking, it's gonna be two months. And so here we've left this whenever it happens. And so there's no resolve and there's no plan in place with the client. And that, oh, the unspoken, the unsaid, you know, part of what we do as therapists is we dig into the unspoken and the unsaid. And you should be having a conversation. There should be at least one telehealth or phone session for every single client on your caseload. Like during this time, in, the, in this time of pandemic and crisis, you should be holding that space. If the client, you reach out, you attempt several times and the client absolutely declines it, you're gonna document that in your caseload or in your case notes that says like, hey, I reached out, I reached out, I reached out. Not, I asked my clients if they'd like to do telehealth, they said, nah, I'll call you when it's done. And you document that client declined telehealth at this time, they'll reach out when they're done. For me as a clinician, I really, I, I just, I ask you to question whether that is a level of care that you want to provide. I understand if a client says, look, I don't want to do telehealth long term. That's fine. But you've been working with someone for weeks, months, years. Have a conversation. Have it face to face. Have it on the telephone. Have an extended session. Even if it's just 10 or like 20 minutes, like on the phone, that's much better than this, I texted them and they texted me back <laughs> or I sent them an email and they said, no, we're gonna pause for now. And you go, okay. Like we are, this is not like, oh, hey, I'm on vacation and I'm gonna pause kind of thing. Like really think about the clinical needs of your clients. And we've talked with a lot of therapists in this time. And I think so many therapists feel so uncomfortable about the idea of, like forcing somebody into telehealth and they're all, we're all in such panic mode that we've kind of forgotten like, oh wait, I'm not forcing anyone into telehealth. This is a unique time and Advocacy. I need to make sure. Yeah, I'm advocating for this client's need and I'm holding the clinical container in the clinical space to say, we need to have a conversation. We need to have a closer session because this could be two weeks or this could be two months. And I wanna make sure that you have a plan. 
I think too, I, because of my background and the type of therapy that I was trained in, I think of things in terms of enactments. So when stressors happen, our clients respond because they are acting out what they have experienced in the past. They're telling you something about how they handle crises or trauma and things like that. Now, your response can be playing into that or you could be helping them have a corrective experience. That's ultimately what I believe therapy, if you get down to the root of it is, is a therapy, uh, the relationship is a corrective experience for the client. So in a midst of crisis, you have an opportunity to provide a corrective experience. So being attuned to, I know you're stressed and I care about you. And I want to make sure, even if you know that telehealth is not okay, that we at least have one session to plan. Could we at least do that? Because I think it would be really helpful. Or some of my clients, what they're choosing to do with their clients, they've done a plan and they said, I'm still going to do an email once a week. I would love to hear from you just how it's going because things keep changing and things extend. And so if you continue to be that presence in the client's life that you have been in regular sessions, sometimes the clients will be like, I'm realizing this is harder or, oh, I'm ready. The first week or so, depending on where you are at in the world, is really tumultuous for people. We get that somebody's gonna say, I need to cancel this week, I gotta figure this stuff out. But then if, you know, and that's fine, you know? <laughs> I get that, you know, one or two weeks of like that, you know, adjusting and saying, okay, we're still going to meet. That's one thing. But when it's this conversation of, I uh, will just pick up when we, uh, when this whole thing passes is not closure. It is not of service to the client and your relationship with them. This is an opportunity to pro still provide healing, even in an ending. I think there's like, I've seen this conversation of if I move to telehealth, am I, um, am I abandoning my client? Like, am I outside of my ethical code? And I don't think that that's true, but I think that if you move to telehealth or if you, if your client declines in-person sessions right now because of the panic and you don't offer telehealth or some kind of alternative and you don't have a conversation and come up with what is their treatment plan going to be? I think that is something that's outside of our ethical codes. You know, mm -hmm. like this is the, this is the piece we want to be at our highest and best for our clients. And it's really freaking hard right now. Mm -hmm. um, this, this place that Kelly was talking about, about clients enacting their family of origin, like there's old patterns we're enacting them too. Yeah. <laughs> we are in stressful times and we are enacting them too. We are in places where we're getting into busy mode and 12 hours a day, or we're getting into, I, that's, that's mine. I like or napping one. and avoiding. <laughs> yeah. Avoiding. I am the cleaning person. <laughs> yeah. We all have these ways that we are like digging in and coping in this time and we need to like honor that it's okay but also carve out this place to connect in with that wise mind place of okay who 
wait, what does this really look like? We did this um, earlier this week in a meditation that we are so bummed, like the recording didn't work. So we're going to be doing it again tonight, um, live at 5 p.m. Pacific. But this place of like, how do I do that in the midst of all of this, like, what feels like the world's kind of topsy-turvy and upside down. Like, how do I find my center um, in terms of who I am as a clinician? How do I find my center in terms of who I am as a business owner? How do I find my center and who I am as a community member? Or how do I find my center and who I am as a parent? <laughs> how do I balance all these different things? Like Kelly and I both have our kids home, like schools are closed. We are, you know, parents. And these are real issues that we're all kind of struggling with. So I think this place of finding how do we tap back into our wisdom and how do we use that wisdom to serve clients in the most powerful way? There is so much fear right now about private practice and about caseloads and about this work. And we truly believe that the, the biggest impact to your business is going to be if you lose your clinical center. If you lose that ability to tap into your wisdom and your high self, that's what is going to put your business at the most risk. And I think when you stay in that center is when you become creative. So one of the things that we've talked about, like in the COVID blogs and what we've been talking about in boot camp with our clients and our coaching clients is this is private practice. This is, I've always said this, is the lo prime location for innovation. This is where we get to get creative with our clients. Maybe they need a longer session with less frequency. Maybe they need shorter sessions, more frequency. Maybe they need a little bit of training and like education just to get going on the platform. I saw like Tom Seen was posting about like getting parents on board. So for one of my clients, um, coaching clients, Lynn McLean, she like did a training that she recorded and she sent an email to all the parents. And then she talked about like, this is what it's going to look like. And this is why it's still going to work because I'm going to coach you to still help your child. The help for your child doesn't stop here. And so she went through the process. She showed some of the research. She showed them like an example of how they're going to log in, like Erica's saying, like a 15 minute check in and walk through. So this is where we get to pivot and be creative in how we serve. But our hope is that we just don't stop serving and that we just say, OK, because that is playing into trauma. That's also playing into our own stuff. And we're stepping out of that clinical mindset in that moment. And so it's very something we just were like, we really need to talk about this with you guys. Yeah. And that that place of pulling together with other people and we have more more space right now than we've ever had in terms of research to not just say, hey, we think this is going to work. People have been researching online therapy for a long time, like it really works. Um, and Lynn is in here. I'm um, so glad that you're here. And she's saying, and it's working so far. Like this is working to help these parents see. They just need to help and educate it. And I think also for a lot of a lot of play therapists, they have said consistently, I really want to be doing coaching with the parents. I get this kid for one hour a week. 
I really want to be able to get in this parent's head and change the dynamic in the home and help them figure out how to respond to their unique kid and help their kid work through this. Here's this great opportunity for us to do exactly what you've been saying you wanted to do all this time. Like, wow, I wish I could get parent buy-in. They just think it, think of it in this way sometimes. Well, here's a time where you get to say, hey, look, here's actually like a best practice. And here's what the research says. So I'm not just making this up because I want your money or I'm scared. I care about your kid. I care about your family. I care about you as a parent. Locked in the house 24 seven <laughs> with each other. It's, it's so like, it's so different. And this time together at home for families, whether they're couples or, you know, people with kids or what have you, this is either going to be a time for people to come together in like a new way and create some beautiful, beautiful family experiences and, and memories and some deeper connection, or it's going to be a time of like, remember that horrible thing that happened. Remember how we treated each other, how the family blew up, how we were all in our own rooms on our own screens, disconnected, feeling scared and lonely and unsure. And everybody was in it on their own. They're going to be talking about this experience in therapy, either as a, wow, this really brought us together. Or like, here's an example of how my family deals with stress. Mm -hmm. I think too, um, I love like what Erica's saying, people, EMDR, brain spotting, somatic work is still happening in telehealth. And um, I'm hoping a positive of this is that laws will change <laughs> and that insurance companies will um, start just as a standard honoring all this stuff. I'm hoping some positives will come out of all of this. But in the meantime, too, I, you know, like Miranda's talking about that wise clinical self. Um, my hope is that you will explore what's right for you. So in the middle of this, you may um, you may decide like, I already have some clinicians who are like, I'm ready to get rid of my office. This is what I wanna do. And other clinicians are like, this is exhausting. So I wanna say too, we recognize that sometimes our response to things is because we are tired, we're stressed out, we're overwhelmed too. We are all adjusting. And we're not saying like, you have to do these things, but we just want to bring to top of mind about being aware clinically of the decisions we're making and what do we need personally so that we can take care of our clients still in the midst of this. So some of this is community with other clinicians. Some of this is learning new ways of doing the work <clears throat> in a way that works for you. Um, I've been like posting in some groups you guys get blue blocking glasses if you're gonna be looking at a screen all day. Um, Miranda and I do this all day long now. We're we're kind of adjusted, right? But some of you, it's a brand new world. You're gonna sit differently. You're gonna position your computer differently. You're gonna change the lighting of your screen. Things like that. You may, you know, it requires personally. I feel like doing grounding before each session is helpful. You need to look at trees. You need to go outside and put your feet in the grass if you can, because you've got to balance your brain in the midst of virtual. And if these are clients you've been seeing, close your eyes before you log on. Imagine them in the room with you. The energy is there. They are there. You are there. So just kind of grounding yourself and like, this is still real. This is still helpful. 
your belief in this ability to work and your effort in making it work also will impact these outcomes. Yeah. And I, we've talked for years, years about therapists. You need more consultation groups. You don't need just training. You need people who get to know you clinically where you can really dig in and get pushed in your edges. Therapists, all of you right now should be in a consultation group with other people who are doing your modality or who know you well as you all help each other move into this new modality. All of you should be in a consultation group. It doesn't need to be some kind of like paid with an expert thing. You can get a group of somatic therapists together. You can get a group of EMDR therapists together. There are lots of ways to do this. You can get together on a Zoom room. Now they have some things popping up. There's video conferencing. Google Meet is a HIPAA compliant way. Like there's lots of different appropriate ways to get people together one hour a week at least right now, maybe twice a week in this first couple of weeks to be sharing these strategies and getting connected and talking about clinically, here's what I'm noticing with this client, here's what I'm doing differently, here's how I'm, um, how I'm pivoting to get better outcomes with clients. Like this is important stuff. Um, blue blocking glasses are, uh, they just, they, they're very like fashion glasses. They these are mine. <laughs> I don't have my contacts in, so I don't wear them on top of mine. But these are them. They look, you can see the reflection, but they cut the blue light. So you're not so tired. Your eyes aren't fatigued. Your brain isn't worn out. Yeah, it's so important. I think uh, I just, um, I love seeing you guys in here. I, I just want to say that this is an opportunity to do good work and to heighten our clinical skill set and to be present for our clients in a new way. And yes, I love what Megan is saying about like embracing good enough, but a lot of our clients didn't get good enough growing up, which is their trauma and things like that. And you are still being present for them in that trauma. I know it can feel like a lot of pressure and I want you guys to all be taking care of yourself as best as you can in the midst of this. I have therapy tomorrow, <laughs> for example, uh, virtually, uh, which has always been virtual. So it's been no different, but I think, um, yeah, find the opportunity here, reach out. This is about caring about our clients, about providing awesome outcomes in the midst of terrible times or very hard times. And I saw someone even said they've reached out to their old clients just saying, hey, I want to check on you. This is not about like, I'm freaking out that my business is going to shut down. No, we're not freaking out. Mental health needs will always exist. If anything, we now have a collective trauma experience that's going to need more healing. Mm -hmm. This is about really caring, mm -hmm. going down and getting attuned to the needs of our clients and our community. Yeah. And I think, you know, realize that it, it is nerve wracking. If you feel nervous right now and it feels extra exhausting, remember the first time you did a session. <laughs> it was Do you remember hell. that like first week of practicum or those first things? The first and, like <laughs> <laughs> All these things that you're attending to and that you're adjusting to, like there's so much that's related to that. So if you feel extra tired and you say, oh my gosh, this is exhausting, I hate this. Like, just give it a minute. <laughs> this is for your clients too. Like, give it a minute. Like, this is an important transition. 
and even talking about that with your clients like wow this feels different how does it feel to you and do you remember that first session when we first started meeting together weeks months years ago and remember how that felt like it was something new and wow here we are here or also highlight if oh my gosh this actually like this feels really good um, it feels good to have you in my space right um, one of the people, Kate, she's asking, like, how would I figure out a way to check in with parents? Um, what are what are my options? You have so many options, guys, right now in terms of checking in with people individually, creating support groups, having an online um, presence or platform. So you can do those on Google Meet. You can do those on Zoom. Um, there are so many options that you have. It's just sit down and think about what are the clinical needs of my individual clients and what are the collective needs of this community of clients that I have. And you may have wanted to do a group and bring people together for a long time and it may have felt like, oh, I don't know if that's necessary or like I don't have time to do that. Now's a great time when people are looking for community and connection and some some space. So it's it's this really interesting space that we're in to, again, as Kelly talked about earlier, like innovate with the client's needs as our center, right? This idea, I've heard people initially talking about, oh my gosh, we're all online. I need to pivot my entire business. I, I, I need to be thinking about what people are going to be needing and I need to change over to that thing. You know what you need to do clinically, right? So you might need to pivot the way or the how or like some adjustments, but you don't need to recreate your whole business. You don't need, in my opinion, to create a coronavirus business. <laughs> like you don't need to have a business that's about serving people's stress and coronavirus. You need to have a business that's serving people in the unique way that you do with the people that you know how to do this great deep work with. Unless you are somebody who specializes and has always specialized in health anxiety and pandemic fears and like phobias regarding pandemics, then like, yeah, maybe you should like amp that up at the moment, but otherwise stay true to your center and do what you do best and just reach those people where they are at. I'm just, um, I think also, uh, I think that's the other thing, going back to that good enough place for those of you who are working with couples, and they're at home and their kids are at home and they're not having a private space. This is a great time to kind of take the clinical information in and maybe see this as grist for the mill. How do the couple, what, what do the couple do when the kids walk in the room? Who speaks? Who doesn't? How do they look at each other? How do they respond to the stress of it? Do they speak as a unit? Are they two other individual people? Like there's this information that you're getting that's really, really powerful that you can dig into clinically if you allow it to happen. So I, I hear you in this idea of like, oh, that's not like, oh, this is an ideal. And like, we can't dig into the work that we need to dig into. This is the work. It's right in front of you if you allow yourself to see it. You guys, <laughs> therapy hasn't always been <clears throat> a soundproof room in a couch. People do therapy on the streets. They do it in, you know, in people's homes and all sorts of things. So it enriches the work. 
the setting can enrich the work in a different way than another setting. Uh, when I've done telehealth sessions, you get to see the client's environment. You get to meet their pets or other family members you would never otherwise meet. Um, you get to just see them in a different way too than how they present in the office. It's not that one is better than the other. It's just more great information, like Miranda's saying, to work with. And I, I just, there's a, don't move into assumption. That is your panic. Like, you know, oh, my clients, I, I've already gotten calls like, oh, I should just drop all my fees, la, la, la. Like, no, let's serve the clients that you're with right now. Let's make this work before you make all these assumptions about future forward thinking. Every day something is changing. Let's be present and really thoughtful because if you were in your office and a client came in and said, you know, I'm just gonna circle back to you in six weeks. Would you be like, all right, I'll see you later? No, you'd be like-, like At the beginning of the session, they're just like, yeah, I changed my mind, like, bye. And you're like, oh, okay. That yeah, one, that's not how it would go. So why is it, let's not let that go this way either because we care about our clients and more than ever this isolation and all of this depression is going to be on the rise domestic violence is on the rise all sorts of things are getting elevated that's what pressure does it brings stuff up and so we want to help that and so our own pressure is coming up and it's influencing the way we respond so we just want to slow down just a minute and have you think through these things so that you can continue doing great work. It feels good to do great work in the midst of, of, of this. It's a resilience thing, I think, and it helps you feel on purpose. But also <clears throat> it gives you focus instead of being reactive, right? Clinically, we want to be responsive, not reactive. Yeah. And, you know, back to this idea of people like, hey, I want to reach people. It's really important. So I'll just cut down my fee or what have you. If somehow magically you have $50,000 sitting in a savings account or all of your expenses for your practice magically go away or you somehow magically don't have to do that, you can explore that. But all the therapists that are reaching out and asking me these questions are struggling and they're worried about paying their mortgage and paying their office, paying their employees and doing all these other things. Your business needs did not change because the world kind of changed and shifted. And just saying, well, I need to take care of this other person, so I'm gonna slash my fees and then I'm gonna put myself into more of a financial dire place where I'm not gonna be able to pay my mortgage and I'm gonna hope that somehow the government <laughs> figures it all out for me. I don't think that's a way to like be give. Yes. Let's give back less. Yes. Let's support like let's be lights in our communities, but let's give out of bounty and energy. And most of us right now do not have the energy <laughs> to give back more than what we're doing in terms of transitioning our clients. People's caseloads went from here's in person to online in the span of a weekend a lot. like that's enough right now guys like you guys are figuring out how to do these new modalities and you're getting into these consultation groups and doing all these different pieces and advocating for how do we get insurance pay, um insurance payers to reimburse and like you're doing so much right now realize that that is enough 
and now make sure that that you're okay and and just do your work you guys are valuable and needed and this is not a two-week thing i just don't believe it's a two-week thing there's going to be repercussions and you need to be able to sustain you are not running a marathon where you get to rest tomorrow right like okay i'm gonna lead myself into exhaustion and then tomorrow i'll have the day off like this is going to go on for a little while. And this is not an alarmist thing. I have a very positive outlook about the whole perspective. It's just, we need to slow and steady, keep it moving, make sure that we're resting, make sure that we're hydrating, make sure that we're eating, like all the things like you guys, some of you guys know, like I've done these 30 mile races and I'm not a runner. Like, <laughs> I, but what I learned is rest, like, water, food, mental game, like all of these things are so important to do anything that's long and hard. Uh, <laughs> speaking of resilience, there's a meltdown happening in my house right now. So I'm like, <laughs> my husband's with my daughter, but I'm just like, <laughs> um, with all this said, first, I want to thank you guys for being here. But tonight we'll have a redo of our webinar and the beginning we start out with a meditation i just would love all of you to be there for it yes we're going to talk about boot camp yes the doors are open for that and all that great stuff but just even to come together to just kind of tap into some wisdom and to find some ease we'd love to have you join yes we are just we love you we love this profession um, this is important stuff. So come for the meditation. There are giveaways on there for, for boot campers as well as non boot campers, um, in there. So feel free if you want a little light and win something cool, um, in the span of it. But again, even without that, just come for the meditation 10 minutes and you're done. Um, if you don't want to stick around, like we're, we're here for you guys. Yeah. Um, it's important. <sighs> goodness gracious thank you all thank you. um if this has been helpful share like yeah <laughs> like i mean just just well or just have some conversations with Ooh, your okay. with your colleagues like you know create these groups um create these consultation groups like let's start some conversations you know like let your let your friends know that there's support because um, you may also be getting a lot of feedback in even if you kind of get yourself like okay it's all going to be okay I've got this and then somebody calls you or sends a text or you see a post in a Facebook group and all of a sudden you feel yourself kind of melting down don't be afraid to say hey guys here's what I think or here's another way or can we talk about this can we explore the positive aspects as well? Like, let's not just let one piece of it kind of do that. So please spread your message of hope and healing and your positives and your wins and your gratitude. Like, spread that and, you know, this <laughs> as well. Because yeah. uh, it's an important, important conversation. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will consider sharing uh, this podcast or the um, blog with other colleagues that you trust. We want to continue to encourage you to band together, create community right now. 
Hope to see you at the um, training later today. You can also find the recording. Just go to zinnime.com. Everything you need is there and more. We're here for you. And boot camp is open. We have uh, free 50 free CE units and an eight-week bonus coaching program that's added into boot camp. That kicks off Monday, March 30th. We hope that you'll join us. We'd love to help support you, whether you are trying to grow your practice, revamp it as a successful practice, or starting from scratch. We have resources and services to help you. We're here for you. Zenimi.com.